BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You know those things you're too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating? Like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating because we're all kind of confused together. So you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two. Everybody and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to RealPod, everyone. I hope you are doing fantabulous today. That is my mix of fantastic and fabulous. Fantabulous. It's a great feeling if you're feeling it. And of course, if you're not, that's okay too. Either way, today's guest is really awesome, really nice, genuine human, and also both a TikTok and NCAA icon. I was so excited, like geeking out when she agreed to come on the show because Sedona Prince is like everyone's favorite college athlete on TikTok. I mean, she is just amazing. For those of you who might not be familiar with Sedona, they are a D1 basketball player at the University of Oregon, TikTok star with over 3 million followers. And also she co-hosts the uninterrupted More Than an Athlete series on Instagram, which is just so freaking cool. I love that she's a college athlete and she's doing cool things like that. It's amazing. So last year, Sedona went viral on TikTok after posting a video showing, you know, the disparity and the inequality between the men's and the women's training facilities at the NCAA tournament. Yes, ringing a bell. Remember that? When during March Madness, the men's basketball team had like all this equipment and then the women's team like literally had a comical like dumbbell pyramid setting. Yep. Well, the video you saw was most likely Sedona's. And she was already grinding on TikTok before that, but that really got her out there to the masses. She has since continued her activism, whether it's for inequality, the LGBTQ community. Her coach has dubbed her the face of the NIL lawsuit because she's someone who's really building her brand and taking advantage of her name and likeness, which snaps for that. We love it. So you guys are in for a great episode today. And if you want to follow Sedona on Instagram or TikTok, check the episode description because we have linked that for you. She's an amazing follow. Today's shout out goes to Blue Note Farm, who left a five-star review last week saying, this is a wonderful show. 
RealPod is helpful and always on point. The guests are amazing. Victoria is an accomplished storyteller. Oh my God, thank you. And self-deprecating. Okay, interesting. And approachable. Love that. Host. This has helped me on so many levels. Never stop doing the hard work. Thank you, Blue Note Farm. And you know what? The self-deprecating, I mean, I try to keep it real as always. And I'm glad that, you know, someone is noticing the range in my hosting. Both, you know, mediocre and then also sometimes good. (laughs) If you are enjoying the show and you want to leave a review and a rating to let me know how you're feeling and thinking, please do. It would mean the world. And you just may be the special shout out on next week's episode. I love and appreciate all of you. Thank you for tuning in every single week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You get that automatic download every single Wednesday when we bring you brand new conversations with amazing people, always real. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only TikTok star and Oregon basketball phenom, Sedona Prince. Sedona, how are you? So nice to see your beautiful face, finally. Thank you, finally. I know, it's good to see you too. How was your day? I mean, you're in the thick of the student-athlete life. I saw your schedule. Yeah, yeah, I sent you. It was good. I just got home from practice just now. Crazy life, about to go get my booster shot for COVID because it's all, it's a new Pac-12 and school regulation. So it's it's crazy, but it's good. Love that. I can't even imagine like what your day-to-day is like. I feel like you're the first wave of, student athlete who really is living out the new like benefits of the NIL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen a lot, especially like TikTok. I mean, you have a TikTok, like, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to handle, especially because, you know, the student athlete life is hard as it is just dealing with school, the pressure at all sports. I mean, I, I practice for four hours a day. So I have a lot of things other than just, you know, my little business, my, my side hustle, but yeah, I mean, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's kind of my passion, you know, brand building and doing this kind of stuff. So I'm having a good time doing it. I'm so glad to hear that. And I feel like with creators, it's easy to get a vibe of who we think they are from their content. And I think something that will be a unique opportunity today is to really get to know you and who you are beyond the videos and like society's perception. So where are you from? I should have done this research, but I kind of wanted to be really candid with it. I was born in California. I lived there for a little bit, but um, I'm from, I'm from, from Austin, Texas. So kind of the country, the hillside around there. Okay. And is that why you first committed to Texas? That was probably like at home, in home for you. Yeah. It was like 30 minutes away. I grew up like being a big Longhorn fan. So it was always a dream of mine. I actually committed in the eighth grade to, to UT. So yeah, I was like, Longhorn for life. So yeah, I, I love that school. In the eighth grade, I feel like that was the first time I touched a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, it was, it was my first offer and I was like, I don't want to go anywhere else. You know, it's, it's my home. I'm really close to my family. So it was kind of an easy choice for me in the beginning. Obviously some things went wrong, but I had to leave, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good choice for me at the time. So, yeah. so then what was high school like for you being committed entering your freshman year? Did you have a good experience? Did you feel like you fit in? Like, what was that ride like? Because for most people, they're preparing to figure out where they're going to college. Yeah, yeah. Well, the hardest thing was like, I was from a very small school. So I was just always kind of a sore thumb. I mean, I'm six, seven. So I was six, seven, like my sophomore year. So I never really, you know, was able to fit in. So I was like, you know, might as well accept it. I'm going D1. I had a great opportunity. Um, so yeah, and also my personality, like I always just stood out. So 
I was really lucky and, and fortunate in that sense. But yeah, it was weird. And actually I decommitted my sophomore year. And so like all these college coaches would come to my little small town during practice to watch me play. And all my teammates were like, what is going on? So it was definitely an experience. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> now with the height, was that something that you were proud of? And you were like, yeah, I'm six, seven, like I'm tall. I'm this girl who's really good at basketball. Or did you get teased? I mean, you're right. Like six, seven, that's big time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to like find clothes and stuff just being, I mean, I wanted to dress girlier when I was younger, you know, with jeans and I used to wear like boot cut jeans and tennis shoes. Like just the, I mean, I would, you know, it's embarrassing not looking back, but I was, you know, it was hard to grow up like that. My mom is also 5'10". So it was kind of like, you know, she didn't know how to help me. It was just like kind of a disconnect. It was really difficult. And I didn't really have anyone that was like, you know, six foot seven as a woman leader at that time, and you know, to help me with clothes or confidence. And so, yeah, I kind of grew up like with really low self-esteem, never really wanting to to be my full true self, you know, just shy and kind of dorky. So it's it's been nice, like being in college. I definitely like had that switch of when I came to college, I was like, okay, now I'm going to be who I am unapologetically. And so, yeah, I've been kind of doing that. <laughs> Well, and because you're finally able to like really utilize like the amazing gift that the height gives you right on the court. But going back to it, how did you navigate that? I feel like especially you mentioned like wanting to be girlier, you know, as young women or just kids in general, there are so many messages we receive of like how we are supposed to be and what is cool and what is this and that. And I've found for everyone, there were like different things they thought they had to do. Even I was talking to this guy, I just interviewed Rod and he was saying, I felt like I had to love sports because I was a dude and all the cool guys love sports. So how did you get through that feeling like you were the only one? Yeah. Yeah. For me, the hardest part was like my sexuality, just because, you know, everyone had their little boyfriends in the hallways. And I was like, oh, Matt, I wish I could have that. I wish I, you know, could kiss someone in between fifth and sixth period or just hold someone's hand, go to prom with someone, go on a date, kind of have those experiences. I definitely missed out on that. You know, I had my first kiss when I was 18. That was the hardest part for me. Just like coming to terms with the fact that, you know, there's no six foot nine boys around. So I don't really have any options for dating. I wasn't very comfortable in my own sexuality at the time. So I just kind of, you know, stuck to basketball. It was really hard. It was a really big struggle. It sucked. And yeah, I mean, like the clothes was just a, a small thing of it. Just being myself, standing up tall. Um, I didn't do it till I started coming to college. And it's still something I struggle with. You know, it's like who I, who I was. It's embedded in me. You know, through social media as well. We see these little cute little girls and, you know, dressed in their beautiful clothing. And I always wanted, I always looked up to that. I wanted to be that. I just couldn't, you know. I couldn't be that because I couldn't find, you know, the things that made me happy, um, especially being this tall. So, yeah. One of your TikTok videos, I actually saw full. It was iconic. It was the one about your prom outfit, which when you're talking about not being able to find clothes that fit you, which, by the way, that like tea style dress is in now. No one wants it to the floor. Like, you know, yeah. And it was supposed to be the dress actually itself was supposed to be to the floor. And so we went to David's bridal like like three days before prom, I wasn't even going to go. I actually ended up winning prom queen, which is the funniest part in that dress. <laughs> but yeah, we like, my mom went and we like, you know, every, every dress that was supposed to be full size, it was just like right below my knees, but I, I rocked it. I wore heels too. So I was, I was killing it. <laughs> yeah, you did rock it. I want to hear more about prom queen because I feel like, you know, here it is. I, I wish I could be X, Y, Z things, but I feel like most girls want to be prom queen. So what was that like? Yeah. So like, I guess my friends had voted me on prom court as kind of like a joke. And I was like, I wasn't even going to go until I figured out I was on prom court. Like it wasn't a thing for me. 
I was, you know, an athlete in high school. I only cared about sports and stuff. So yeah, it was really funny. I, did, I had no idea I was going to win, but everyone voted for me just because I was, you know, tall, goofy kid that was friends with everybody. Um, always nice and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was kind of shocked. It was like weird. And then as soon as I won, I just, I ended up leaving prom. I was like, cool. I still have the TR and stuff. So it was, it was fun. <laughs> I love that. Well, in the same vein on that TikTok, you said, I won prom and then I went over to my secret girlfriend's house and I gave her a kiss. I want to hear more about secret girlfriend. I think you said your parents knew, but no one else did. Not so my parents didn't even know at the time. So no one knew. I didn't tell anybody, even my brother, my best friend. I didn't tell anybody. It was like a month before I graduated high school. And yeah, I had my like first kiss literally at like 18 years old. And yeah, I like snuck around with just this girl that I played basketball with, trained with in town. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an experience, you know? like having to hide things. And I, I, I didn't have to, but at the time I was just kind of scared from a di- very like conservative town as well. So, you know, it was just, I was very nervous about it and stuff. Was this girl six, seven, or was this <laughs> you realizing like, oh, I wasn't actually just couldn't find a six, seven guy. I just, I, I didn't want to be with that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want a guy at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that was definitely one of the issues. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I knew I was gay my freshman year of high school. I knew I was like, definitely wanted to be with women. I, I, you know, I fell in love with someone my freshman year. And so just like dealing with that, I mean, I didn't tell anybody for four years. And so just like having that internalized for so long was so hard. And so now I just like try to, you know, just, I, I can't shut up about being, you know, gay and queer. And it's just so much fun now to like, you know, hopefully be a, an inspiration to kids that have the same struggles as me or are used to have that background that, you know, maybe nervous or scared to come out about their friends and who's going to accept them. But you know, just trying to be unapologetic, unapologetically you is, is what I try to promote. So yeah. <laughs> Which I love. And I think you are being that inspiration. If we do look at the two timelines though, right. Of like your sexuality. And then we look at like your confidence. I kind of feel like you're saying I couldn't stand up tall. I couldn't do these things. And it's like you had this secret. And then all of a sudden when you were yourself, you have that confidence, you have that swag. Do you think that those two went hand in hand? Absolutely. Yeah. Once I started like loving myself for who I was and accepting me and like, you know, it, it all stems from like, you know, with, with, it all stems from within me. You know, I, I didn't really love myself and it was always hard just because, you know, no one's, you know, I couldn't really relate to anybody my age, which was the, the most difficult part. But, um, but yeah, I mean, once I was like, I'm me, I'm going to be just freaking me. And the heart, like the scariest part, I think, when coming out is, oh, who's going to leave me? You know, who's not going to love me anymore? It's always a big fear. That's why I didn't tell anybody for a long time, because um, I knew everyone would, you know, accept me. And the people that, I, that did accept me, I wanted them in my life. And if they didn't, then I didn't want them. But it's always scary, you know, that fear of losing friends or family. Once I did, you know, everyone stuck with me. And if they didn't, then they're happily left in the past. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know, loving myself has been the been the most grateful thing I've ever done in my life. So. I love that. That is, it, it's funny. It's making me think of like that. Uh, please. I feel like I can only quote this to a fellow TikToker. You know, the video of the kid who's like crying and crying because he thinks if he lets go, he's going to like fall. But then he stands in like two feet of water. No, I, I, I don't scroll on TikTok. I'm so sorry. Do you not scroll? You just, you just post. You don't have time. I bet. Yeah. I mean, I scroll sometimes. Like I, I like scrolling right now. The, with the one that I, what I'm obsessed with, we say it in practice all the time. It's the, tell me why I shouldn't throw this drink in your and it's, it's, it's <laughs> you might have to cut that out but have you seen that one dude it's so funny I'm like no I haven't I need we're to see and that's the other thing is no one's ever on the same side of TikTok I know yes I know that's the worst part I feel like you're on like motivational TikTok and I'm on like little kids I know like, I'm not I need to get on fun talk I'm on I'm on a bit too of a serious motivational talk but I'm gonna send you some stuff I'm gonna send yeah you yeah for sure for sure <laughs> 
Now, chances are, if you're listening to this episode, you're an athlete yourself or you respect athletes and sports. And with the Winter Games coming in hot next month, and look, even if you're not joining Team USA in Beijing, which would be super cool if you were, you can still look the part by shopping red, white, and blue fits from shopping Ralph Lauren, Spider, Club Room, and more at Macy's. I am so excited that Macy's is a sponsor of this podcast because as you guys have seen on my Instagram, I am doing hashtag VixFits because one of my 2022 goals was to up my style, add more elevated pieces to my wardrobe, and also do it in a simple way that makes sense and doesn't feel overwhelming. And if you head to Macy's.com slash the edit, as in the T-H-E edit, E-D-I-T, you'll find tangible tips and tools for elevating your wardrobe. I'm looking at it right now. And one of the tips is ditch the sweats just once a week. So just once a week, swap your loungewear for something a tad dressier. It can improve productivity. It looks stylish and they even offer examples. Macy's has many great brands that we know and love. And with the Olympics starting soon, I just feel like we're going to need some iconic red, white, and blue colored gear to really rep the squad. So go ahead, claim your gold in style at Macy's.com slash the edit. That's Macy's.com slash the edit. Shop your red, white, and blue to show your pride and spirit for the Winter Olympics. Shifting gears to, you know, being a college athlete. Texas was your dream. You said you were there. I actually didn't even know that you transferred because people who join in on your life right now, they're like, Oregon, like she's a duck. Like they see you in the green. Like I can't even picture you in another color. Yeah. So did you get there? And what was that freshman year like? Yeah. So I actually ended up, I went there early in the summer and I played there for like a term, like a summer term. And then I ended up going to Mexico um, to play for the national team. And I broke my leg. It was a really horrible injury. I had a, you know, I I shared on TikTok a lot just because it was a really big part of my life. And yeah, I mean, it was a horrible recovery. My leg ended up re-breaking, had a massive surgery, like an open leg. So like my whole leg has a a big scar on it. My whole leg's metal. So it's something that I'll have to deal with for the rest of my life. And so, yeah, like it was just, it was a really rough year. And, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, I'm not going to put the blame on Texas because it wasn't hundred percent their fault, but I just didn't really, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was receiving the care that I needed at that time. And so, and also like bad memories, it was just a rough time. And so I just kind of wanted to leave, start over, start somewhere new, be happy. And yeah, I mean, I was kind of like falling out of love with myself, who I was. I feel like I couldn't be myself. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I was kind of being held back. So yeah, I'm very happy that I left. I found an amazing program and now, you know, I am who I am. So it's pretty cool. I'm curious to know when it was you opened up to the people in your life about your sexuality because you didn't feel like you could be yourself at Texas. I'm wondering if this was something of even post, you know, that kiss on the porch with Bay senior year, you were still, you know, hesitant to come out with that. Yeah. I told my friends and family as soon as I came to college, they kind of, they already knew. I mean, you know, they knew. I was like, yes. And yeah, yeah, we we know. Thank you for telling us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like it was definitely a slow process for me. And coming out is coming out to, to everyone every day. It's not just a one time thing. I'm very lucky now that I have a social media and everyone you know knows that I'm gay. But but yeah, it was it was slow. By the end of my freshman year, most people knew. Like my teammates knew, uh, my friends knew, my close people knew. But I I didn't share it on social media until probably like my sophomore or junior year. So then that's when you were headed to Oregon and we're seeking that like happiness kind of, I'm done with this. I'm just going to lean in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, you know what? I 
am just going to be me. And if, like I said before, like if people, you know, don't want to support me, you want to leave me behind, then I, you know, that's not a, that's not, not, not the kind of people I want in my life. So it was kind of, you know, a nice journey and process of letting go that old, you know, hatred and negativity and just turning in, you know, turning my life into a happy place that I could just really be, you know, me. Coming out of your injury, was there any shift in like, other schools attraction to you as a player because if you're coming out of high school one of the top recruits in the country like you're big time you could go anywhere now you've had this injury you didn't have this freshman season you thought what was it like trying to get recruited to these d1 schools yeah that was a big fear of mine like you know i was like will schools even take me there was a chance that i wouldn't even play basketball again and so i was really just hoping that i could land up somewhere that i could play that i could develop um, a top tier program and uh, lucky enough, at the time, UConn, Notre Dame, I mean, all schools were reaching out to me, but I chose UConn, Notre Dame, and Oregon to go on visits. Allie, you know, I knew I wanted to go to a top program. I had talked to them before I committed to Texas. And so, yeah, and so I went on visits and I fell in love with Oregon. So. <laughs> As a student athlete, have you struggled at all with anxiety, time management, burnout? I know personally, I, and I, once again, this is not, the fault of USC. I love that program. I would go play volleyball there five more times. But the intensity of being a student athlete, the pressure of having to get a starting spot to keep that spot, the recruiting someone better than you, you've got film, you've got practice, you've got this, you missed that, the whole team has to run. Like I became ruled by anxiety. And then my thing that I was hiding from everyone was that like, I felt like I had to be perfect. And I was living this dream. And you know, I, I was a walk-on who got a starting spot. I should be so happy that like I bottled up the anxiety and my body image issues, which then turned into like a binge eating disorder and depression. And it, it was, it was a lot. And so whenever I talk to student athletes, I feel like more often than not, they can relate to the toll it takes on your mental health. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand like how much it truly is. People always use the excuse of, oh, well, you're getting a fluoride scholarship. You know, everything's so easy. It must seem awesome. You have your life made for you. And yeah, I mean, I've, I, you know, now I'm on antidepressants, which I was always a happy kid, but it's, you know, just the pressure and the anxiety. And now I have to run a full-time like social media platform, which is very difficult. And that comes with taxes and monetization. And, you know, once, once like money gets involved, it becomes very, very different. Within the past like six months since NIL became a thing, my life has changed drastically. Like, you know, I have to I have to schedule meetings and business things. And I'm like, dude, I like I'm I feel like a kid, you know, I don't even know what taxes are. I'm so confused. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot and it's been really hard. I mean, I've most athletes also, like you said, eating disorder. I struggle with eating disorders my like sophomore year. I lost like 40 pounds within two months. And it was just like you know, I've, it's been, it's been really hard and I'm on my senior year now. So I've definitely been through a lot, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a struggle that no one really talks about. No one knows about it. And so, yeah, it's, you know, thanks for bringing up this topic that people need to know about. <laughs> of course. And honestly, I scrolled past one of your videos when you were making dinner and you said something about like wanting to share more because it's part of your healing journey. And no matter how much work I do, how many people I talk to, I always get taken aback when I realize someone else has a body image issue because you just can never, you, you can't always see it. So, you know, thanks for sharing that. What has, what has helped you in trying to navigate these things? Like, did you seek help? And that is what led to the antidepressants with 
recovering from an eating disorder? Were there people in your life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to seek help. I was at a point where I was really low in my life. Um, I was just sad. I, I just come off. I had just come off of um, not playing a year, so I, I didn't play my first two years, and so I was just kind of lost. Like I didn't know if I was going to play the next year. I was really sad. It was COVID had just started, so it was like everything was just hitting me at once. Um, it was rough. I just gone through a really bad breakup as well. So I was just like feeling the weight of everything. So yeah, I seeked help. I, you know, got a therapist, I talked to my family. I was like, Hey guys, I'm struggling. You know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to struggle. I just need help. And so, yeah. And so it, the funny thing is the the best thing that's helped me is, is kind of TikTok. And you know, everyone's, everyone always thanks me for making, you know, their days happier, but it's honestly helped me so much within like just being myself posting, you know, food content and making myself say, okay, well, I have to post a meal video today. I have to cook today. So that means I'm going to eat it. And so that means that, you know, I got my three meals in today. And so doing that kind of stuff. And yeah, it just kind of gave me like another thing to do to keep my mind off of everything, to help grow and like love myself, tell my stories, be who I am. And so, yeah, it's kind of grown to something really, really special that I, I really cherish. You know what I noticed about your page recently? And you tell me what your thoughts are. In the beginning, and the first time I ever saw you actually was when you were bringing light to the inequalities between the men's and women's basketball tournaments. You were obviously killing it before then, but did that like send you to a next level? Yeah, yeah. So I, I went to the NCAA tournament with like 500,000 followers, which was like, which is already like a massive That's number. That's a ton, yeah. And within a week, so I posted that video. I went to like Twitter. I was like, went on like national news for doing this thing. And then, yeah, within like a week, I gained over like a million followers. And then the whole like, you know, I just became like, you know, someone becomes like trending on TikTok. Like they gain like a massive amount of followers because all their videos are like hitting the For You page. That's how it was. But like craziness, like every video that was made about me was going viral. Like I literally was just like watching this happen. And I was like, oh my goodness, like what is going on? Yeah, it was nuts. The reason I, I bring that up is because when you first started, I bet a lot of your content centered around being an Oregon basketball player and like anything in the uniform going to pop off. Anything with basketball going to pop off because I remember when I first got my start before TikTok, but Instagram, YouTube, anything USC volleyball popped off. The minute I was like, oh, and I, and I like to color, people were like, we don't care. However, now I feel like you have like, evolved into this place where your community loves you for you. Like they love you and Riley, like they love the things that you love. And when you guys do things or you do things, it's, it pops off. And then when you're like back in basketball, they're like, wait, we want your life. Do you feel the same way? Or that's just my outward analysis. Yes. A hundred percent. People actually are now forgetting that I play basketball and I'm trying to go back more to that content. I used to make a lot more content as well, but I'm just trying to, you know, it's been rough. Content creation is very difficult, especially like consistent, good content creation. And so, yeah, I used to make like videos of my teammates singing. We used to be goofing around interviews and stuff. And yeah, exactly. Like everything centered around Oregon, around basketball, like, you know, a million views, two million views. And then when I make a video saying, oh, I'm six, seven, which is I'm very lucky that I'm six, seven, you know, I'd get like 5 million views, which is awesome. And then I make a video about food and it'd get like 20,000 views. So, you know, it's just, you know, very different. And so, yeah, I mean, now that I, people, you know, love me and know who I am based on, you know, my growth and my platform, you're right. They just love everything I do, which I'm very grateful for. I was dying at your videos recently where you're talking about the height difference with Riley and you're like, and you would do it too for a check. And the one that you posted recently, someone commented like monthly height check, get your bag. And like, everyone liked it. And I was like, I love this. 
yeah, at least I might be supportive. I mean, I try to like stay away from that content, but it's who we are. Like, you know, we make a video of us just, in, you know, standing next to other talking. It's pretty obvious that we're, that we're different in heights. I can't really stay away from it. I'm really trying, but it's really hard. So it's such a great thing, though, that your brand has evolved this way, because that's going to be lifelong. Like you, Sedona, as the person is the most important thing. And I feel like there, this was hard for me was evolving from the USC volleyball player to something different because my whole audience was that. So I think it's so cool that you've done that, especially being your last year. What a seamless transition into whatever you do next. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I think, you know, people will follow me and love me for the rest of my life. And my next chapter doesn't have to be basketball. I would love it to be. Yeah, I've kind of been blessed with the option of now being a social media influencer, which if I wanted to living my life, just being happy, I want to open a tattoo shop, just do some crazy stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed. It's pretty cool. A tattoo shop. That's sick. You know, <laughs> I happen to know a little something about tattoos. Yeah. It's added. <laughs> Dude, how lame is this? <laughs> what is it? I can't even. It's a, it's a little XO. I'm you guys, I'm showing Sedona my minuscule tattoo. So whenever anyone brings up tattoos, I'm like, yeah, um, it's my mom's handwriting and she has one. Oh, that's cute. Oh my God. You have an XO too. I love it. I want to get more. I just, my thing is like with people, like I want to get tattoos with people I love and the people I love refuse to get them with me. I'm like, Max, get a tattoo with me. Aubrey, get a tattoo with me. Natalie. I'm like all my best friends. None of them want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get someone, someone cool. Also your tattoo artist has to be like someone you vibe with and like you can hang out with as well. Yes. I I love that. That's going to be sick. Okay. So with all these things that you do, and this is also something I love to encourage athletes to think about as well as just like identity. So like, how do you view your identity when people say, who are you? What do you do? Like what feels authentic to you? Boy, that's a big question. Oh, wow. I don't know. I think me as a person is like, you know, my mom always told me when I was growing up, if you can change one person's life, if you can just change the world in one way, just one way you've, you've done your job as a human. And so I started there. I was like, I just want to help one person. I want to make one person happy, one person smile. And that's why I was put on this earth. And now it's, you know, now that I have, you know, once I had two people and more and more and more, I just want to make people happy, uh, make people's day, do something nice for someone. And so that's like, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of who I am, who I try to be um, every day is about me, about loving myself, who I am. But in that, um, giving as much as I can within staying healthy as well within myself. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm a big giver. My love language is giving gifts. And so doing that acts of service, like just helping people, talking to people is really big. I feel like a lot of people don't, you know, aren't listened to anymore, especially like the age of social media. It's kind of become toxic and just kind of false. And so, I don't know, just kind of being like a white light for, for people, for young people. And yeah, I mean, me as a person, you know, just, I try to be as well-rounded as possible, make hobbies, do kinds of crazy stuff. I run around all day doing fun stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to have a good time on this earth while I can. <laughs> if you've been listening to RealPod for a while now or following me on Instagram, you would know I love Athletic Greens. This is what Athletic Greens is. This is AG1, okay? You wake up in the morning, you pull out your AG1, you grab a scoop 
just one scoop of AG1, put it in a glass, fill it up with like eight ounces of water, whatever level of water you want. You mix it, you drink it, you're done. That's how easy it is to help give your body the important nutrients that it needs. And I love this because when it comes to food, I don't focus on like counting macros and all of those things. It's overwhelming. It's just not my favorite thing to do. So in the morning, if I just literally mix my AG1 and I drink it, I feel set for the day because I've given my body all these important things. I mean, listen to this. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic greens, superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. This special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients in just one scoop works together to fill the nutritional gaps in our diet, support energy and focus, aid with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system. It effectively replaces multiple products or pills with just one healthy, delicious drink. I love Athletic Greens. I genuinely drink this every morning. And if you want to give it a try, you can head over to athleticgreens.com slash realpod right now to receive five free travel packs with your first purchase and a free one-year supply of vitamin D. Big immune supporter right there. So right now, arm your immune system with one convenient daily nutrition serving, especially heading into flu season, might I add, with Athletic Greens. Head over to athleticgreens.com slash realpod. Once again, that's Athletic greens.com slash real pod, where you will receive five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Something else I know you're a huge advocate for is equality in sports. Obviously I was curious to know your thoughts on feeling seen in the movement when sometimes it can be very like female athlete focused or male athlete focused. Like, as I was looking through the work that you do and I was just reflecting myself Something I share is how female athletes have been like defined as one way. And it's like trying to break that barrier that we can be a million different things and you can't box us in. Do you feel like aligned and like you can authentically champion that movement? Or do you feel like you are in a category where you want to transcend like female athlete, male athlete to just player? Yeah, exactly. Like when I was making all these, you know, the the whole inequality thing, people were like, this woman is is just being loud and annoying and obnoxious and a lot of like, you know, misogyny and, and sexism when I was dealing with this. And that's that's a big struggle, especially with like, you know, advocacy for women athletes is it's just the fact that like no one wants to listen because, you know, internalized sexism. And that's so messed up because, you know, hey, we have points, you know, we're we're not just these, you know, people on a court, on a field, um, more than that, we're humans and we have hobbies and passions and we're people. And so, yeah, doing, doing advocacy for women's athletes has been, has been a blessing. I've learned a lot. There's been a lot of people that have hated and, and been, been mean. And so, yeah, just kind of transcend that, you know, trying to, trying to be more than that and trying to, you know, make these new standards that, Hey, I'm a woman athlete. I deserve attention just as much as the men, if not more. And I'm going to get it. And I'm going to keep doing things to prove that every athlete gets, every athlete should get that. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I deserve just as much, if not way more. Like, um, uh, hello, like, look at what we're doing. We're cool. <laughs> now, all of this takes motivation. And I know just by being a D1 student athlete that you work hard, you know how to grind. Like, what keeps you going? Like, obviously, there's burnout. Obviously, there's days we don't want to get out of bed. But overall, when you look at what's, been able to drive you what is that I don't know I my, my dad's a, a marine so I definitely wasn't Dang. 
yeah, I was instilled with some, some grit and just, you know, the resilience. I've been through a lot. I think the biggest thing is like my adversity that I've been through. I wouldn't be here without people around me, people that have gotten me here. And, you know, it's got to be like some sort of sign. Like I've broken my leg. I've been through so many things. I, you know, had to sit out a year. I had a COVID year. Like there has to be a reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. Like there has to be an end goal, a journey. I mean, it's making for a really cool story. So I don't know, just every day, like waking up and trying my best. It kind of just like, you know, helps me continue on. And I've always been that way. Like every day, I take one day at a time, I'm focusing the future or the past, just today. What can I do today? And so, yeah, it's, you know, it's a grind. It's a mentality. It's hard. You know, every day is not easy. Some days I wake up and I'm like, I, I don't want to go to practice today. I don't want to do anything. I want to lay in bed and I can't, you know, I have things that I have to do. I have to support my future children one day. I have to support my girlfriend, make my family proud, make everyone else proud and, and make myself proud. And so, yeah, I think it's that that, you know, self-pride of like, hey, I can do this. I am awesome. I'm powerful. I'm freaking cool. So, yeah. I am hyped. I love all of that. And <laughs> when you said, you mentioned, you said support my girlfriend, I thought about in the very beginning of this interview where you said you just dreamed of like being in love and like kissing someone between fifth and sixth period. And so like, can we just talk about love for a second? Because I feel like it's the best thing ever. And when you're in love and the people around you aren't, it's like, you almost feel like you have to like diet. Like you can't really talk about it, you know? So you're in love. I'm in love. Let's talk about it. Is it the best thing ever? Congrats on your engagement, by the way. Oh, uh, that's thank Don't you. Ago, but I'm, you know, congrats. You know, I, no, are you kidding me? I love to hear it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been so exciting. It's been great. And it really like, to me, thinking about the wedding, it's like, holy shit. Like you found a person who you're like, this is, this is the person. And I want everyone I have ever known to come here and watch me declare my love for this person. Like, you know, when you, I love like zooming out of things and looking at like how simple they are. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, that's sorry. I'm being mushy gushy. No, 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 absolutely. I feel the same way. Like, you know, through, through my, through our relationship, we've grown a lot, like through social media and just like being who we are. And so, yeah, like I always look back and like, I'll watch our videos from a long time ago, or like even like pictures on my phone of like, you know, the couple we used to be and like how we are now and so much stronger. I've never been like in this stronger relationship, how like loving and like they communicate. That's crazy. What the heck? I've never communicated or shared my feelings or opened up and I'm like, <laughs> Feels so freaking good. And so, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I just, I love it. My past self would look at me now and be like, oh my goodness, I want that right now. But without the things that I've been through, it would not you know, be the same. So. You know, what's hilarious. It's almost like being in a healthy relationship, red flag. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're like, wait, Something this, this yeah, this is like yeah. too good to be true. I remember when we first started dating and when you find someone that is like the right person, it does click like that. And you have respect. And I remember I think it was something stupid. Like I was like, oh, I'm going out tonight. You know, we actually, Max and I did long distance too. He was at, a, he was at Pittsburgh and I was at USC and he was like, okay, have fun. And I was like, you're not going to ask me like, who's going to be there or like what I'm wearing. And he was like, why would I No, Like, just have a good time. And you know, when you like start to learn, oh, this yeah. is what it means to be in a healthy relationship. Also, like maybe not texting all the time. Like I, you know, in high school, it was like, you felt like you had to send these diary, like, good morning, baby, blah, 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 all these things. And then when you're a student athlete and you're busy, you're just like, hey, I love you. I'll FaceTime you tonight. You're my world, period. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, like, and I mean, we face them every night when we're, when we're away from each other and like just having that understanding of like, hey, I love you. I'm your person. You know, we're, we're going to make through this. We're going to be 
incredible we are incredible and knowing that just like communicating that we've learned so much I and mean, i'm so proud of her like it's it's not easy dating a d1 athlete it's difficult we've had our struggles like just it's just hard my, my life is very busy i have a crazy schedule and so she's kind of adjusted to that and she's been so incredible through all of it like props to my girlfriend she's in the bathroom right now getting dressed i love you baby but, but <laughs> she's the best I, I i know i couldn't i can't imagine myself with anyone else I'm, I'm oh serious. my god that's great i love it i love that so much <laughs> I think being long distance too is something that promotes great communication because there is no other way, you know? Yeah. You have to like talk to someone. You have to get to know someone that exactly like that physical touch kind of distracts you from like who the person is, at least for the first couple of months. Like you don't have to necessarily talk. You can just cuddle and lay in bed and kiss and it's easy. And yeah, when you're on the phone, it's much different. Like you have to get to know each other and communicate. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely helped us a lot. We've definitely grown a lot. We've learned a lot about each other. We've set goals and boundaries and just really just talked about everything. Now, and now we're long distance. We're like, okay, what do we talk about? So we just like play, hey, what's your favorite? And it's a game. We go back and forth. Like, what's your favorite? You know, blah, blah, blah. What's your favorite traffic light sign? Or like, you know, this kind of like just stupid stuff. And so you know, doing that with her, it's, it's been difficult. It's been really hard. And we've, it's been like, we, we've had like four month long periods where we haven't seen each other. And so Damn. yeah, it, it, it's been, and especially like my love language is, is my, my, one of my biggest ones is physical touch. And so, and hers is as well. And so missing that, like the quality time spent together, it is hard, but we make up for it. Like we spent the whole summer together this last summer. We've spent, you know, holidays together and we're about to be 10 months dating, which is crazy. My longest relationship. Whoa. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, 10 months. You guys give me two year vibes. I know. It, feel, it feels like it's been like forever. Like I don't get it. I'm like 10 months for real. Like it literally has felt like years and years and years. But yeah, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> that is so exciting. How are you visualizing the year ahead? Do you manifest? Do you set goals? Like what is the Sedona approach? Yes, dude. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for this year. I've kind of have like a new mindset for it. I've been prepping a lot for it. Like just with my you know, my content creation is, is one of the things I really want to focus on, you know, posting just like really good, meaningful stuff. Again, making a difference, like getting back to my old content is really what I miss. Just being me. Again. What do you mean by old content? Like content that makes people laugh. I think right now it's like, you know, I do like trends here and there. Like I've kind of, I don't know, like I look back at my content and everyone says it's really good, but I'm just like very critical of myself always. I always have been. I push myself to always be the best. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Just like, really getting the things that I look back and I'm like, I'm proud of having like new series, which would be awesome. Cooking video series. So like every Monday I do a cooking video, have like different, like, you know, things that are like kind of building a story of my life. And yeah, just, I don't know, being more connected to my fans is a really big thing that I want to get to. I've never had a fan base this big. It's insane. So talking to them, getting to know them more, connecting people and yeah, just building myself this, this year. So I'm really excited for it building who I want to be, who I am, growing a lot, growing with Riley, growing with my family, my team into basketball, getting strong, you know, mentally and physically is a big thing for me. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's one day at a time, you know, I, I feel like not really big on like New Year's resolutions. I feel like if you're not going to do it, you know, in on December 31st, you're not going to do it on January 1st. So what does it matter? Um, Classic athlete. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, kind of been like, yeah, I'm going into a new mindset, but I'm kind of already like there right now. And so I'm, you know, I'm excited. I love that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Seriously. I said it to every guest, but I know you've got no time. So I really appreciate you for, for coming on the show and, and sharing and being real with us and big, big fan rooting for you for infinity and beyond. And thanks again. 
Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm, it's really, you know, it's incredible what you're doing and, and you're definitely making a difference. So thank you as a woman athlete. I appreciate you. Oh. Talk about the real stuff. Listen to people. It, you know, you're definitely changing the world. So thank oh, you. Thanks. I feel the same way. Feelings are mutual. <laughs> you're, the, you're the best. Thank you so much. Dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.